Dr. Alan Leica here, and I'd like to welcome you to How to Live a Fantastic Life Show, where we will be discussing the important aspects of your life. We hope to inspire you to live the best life you can. Get out of your comfort zone and explore the awesome world around you. Break through your barriers. Take inspired action. Use the difficulties in your life to achieve the best version of you. Ladies and gentlemen, our next guest is very special. We probably should call him Mr. Communication because that's what he concentrates on. He is about, he is founder of Master Talk and he coaches uh, groups and executives to, to get, to facilitate communication in their industry. Uh, he also runs a, a YouTube channel uh, called Master Talk, and again, which he facilitates communication. Welcome, sir. Hey, it's good to be here, Alan. Thanks for having me on. Good. So how did you get to where you're at now? How did you get, where did you get this interest in communication? And, and where did you get this idea that there was such a need for it? Absolutely. So when I was in university, I used to do these things called case competitions. Think of it like professional sports, but for nerds. So while other guys my age were playing basketball, the rugby, or hockey, I wasn't one of those types of people, Alan. I did presentations competitively. That's how I learned how to speak. And then as I got older, I started coaching younger students on how to communicate so that they can do better at the competitions too. And what I realized was all of the information that I was coaching them on on communication that I was kind of just making up as I was going because I was a great communicator and I was coaching them, wasn't really around the online world for free. And I said to myself, why doesn't this exist for free? So I started making YouTube videos on the subject and then a few years later turned to a movement. Cool. So how many people are in your movement now? How many people are, are learning from you? How many people are, are learning these communication techniques? Uh, if you go by my subscriber account, it's probably tens of thousands of people now. It's probably like, what, 20, I think it's at 23,000 now. Wow. So, yeah. Tell me, why are people having this problem with communication? Why, why do people not know the basics for this? Is it something that's just not being taught or is it just uh, something that isn't out there? Yeah, Alan, you know what I would say? It's definitely in the context of communication, how we're being taught. I would argue on top of that, that it's probably not taught in the right way. Let's think about it. Where do we learn how to speak? The answer is the education system. High school, elementary school, that's where we give for the first presentations in our life. But the problem, Alan, is all of those presentations have three commonalities. Number one, all of them are mandatory. We don't wake up one morning and say, hey, Alan, do you want to get breakfast and present all day? Nobody really says that. It's not something we do for fun. That's number one. Number two, every presentation is different. So you never really get to pick the topic. It's never, what do you like, Brendan? What do you like, Alan? What do you like, Julia? What are you passionate about? We don't really get that question in the education system. It's more you got to talk about Shakespeare. You're like, okay. And then the third piece is every presentation is tied to a punishment. So if you don't do a great job, 
you lose marks instead of getting a pat on the back. And that is why a lot of us struggle with communication because we see it like a chore, kind of like doing the dishes. You know, they say that one of the greatest fears of, of anybody is speaking in public, getting up on stage and, and literally giving a presentation. Have you found that as well? Absolutely. I mean, I was, I'm probably the textbook example of someone who was worried about communication most of my life. As you know, Alan, in Montreal, the city I grew, I grew up in and I still live in today, you need to know how to speak French to do well in the city. So my parents looked at me one day and they said, well, Brandon, you need to know the language. So I went to a French school my whole life. But the challenge was not only did I struggle with communication, I had to present in a language I didn't even know. So imagine being an eight, nine-year-old giving presentations in French. And that was most of my life. So trust me, I definitely get the fear. But I think what I would say is for us to beat the fear is to dream about our communication skills. So I'll give an example. Here's a question a lot of people don't think about, Alan. And the question is, how would your life change if you were an exceptional communicator? A lot of us dream about our vacations, the expensive things we want to buy. When was the last time we dreamed about our communication skills? And the answer is probably never until now. Yeah, for sure. One of my greatest books I got when I was younger was a book that was how to present like Steve Jobs. Now, Steve Jobs was renowned for being a master communicator, even more than his ability to run Apple and, and dream of these amazing products, was his ability to communicate on them. And I, I think that's something people can learn from. Look at master communicators and take some of their skills and use that for themselves. Oh, absolutely, Alan. And one thing I have people do is I have them write out the transcript of famous people's speeches, and I have them give the speech as if it was them, as if they were them. And that really puts them in that frame of feeling like they're on the same level as them. Jobs is a great example of this. One thing that he's done really well is take his very complex products and simplify them and communicate them in a way that the average human being looks at it and says, I really want that. I need to buy that. I need to get that. So one thing Jobs has done the best at, he's very clear on what the outcome of his presentation is. What's my goal here? Is my goal to sell the technical solution of Apple products? No. The goal is to inspire people and more importantly, get them to buy the thing. And that's really what Steve's understood really well. Yeah, he, he was able to in this simple way is to communicate and put more, no more than one or two concepts on a slide. I, I think that is where people make a lot of mistakes. They try to regurgitate too much at any given time to, to make it so that it's not understandable for people. I completely agree. You know, I think a lot of the focus too much is there's too many points versus being empathetic to the audience and asking a simple question. What does your audience actually want? What do they value? What are their pain points? What are they worried about? And when you start to really think about your presentation from that lens, it becomes a lot easier for us to change our own messaging to achieve the outcome that we're looking for, for that specific audience. And that's why my advice is always have dinner with the person you want to serve. 
And why dinner? I actually mean dinner. I don't mean a Zoom call. COVID's over. I mean like actually meeting them in person, having a conversation with them, asking them questions. And that's how you build the thought leadership for what you want to build in the world. Uh, that's cool. And I think that's an important thing to do. Uh, of course, it's not always practical to, to have dinner with somebody because they might not be in your same community anymore. You know, the person that you're trying to serve might be halfway around the world now. So that makes it difficult to, to do that. But certainly you must be able to communicate them and spend time with them. I, I, I agree with that 1000%. Absolutely. Now, what are the basics of communication? What are some of the simple principles that you teach that people need to know? Yeah, absolutely. I would say I call it my easy threes. So what are three exercises that we can work on every day that are very easy for us to get the results that we're looking for? Because at the end of the day, the most important principle is the best way to speak coincidentally, oddly enough, weirdly enough, is to speak. I know it's a mic dropping moment here, but really, if you want to communicate, you can't just listen to other people communicate. You got to actually talk. Those three exercises are super easy that we can implement in our daily lives that make it easy for us to communicate consistently. Number one, the random word exercise. Pick a random word like fruit, like pencil, like phone, like copper, and create presentations out of thin air. And what this does is it helps your resiliency as a speaker. Because if you talk about mangoes for two minutes or one minute, you can talk about anything. If you can make sense out of nonsense, you can make sense out of anything. That's exercise number one. Exercise number two, the question drill. We've all been in situations, Alan, where we get asked questions that we don't really know the answer to. Whether it's on a podcast, whether it's in our day-to-day -day life, at work, at school. So every day for five minutes, not five hours, just five minutes, sit down and write down the answer to one question that you think the world will ask you. Oh, your product's too expensive. Okay, try and find an answer to that. Oh, you know, the timing's not right. I don't know if I can start now. Okay, write an answer to that. Honey, did you do the dishes? Okay, start answering. And if you do that for a year, you'll have answered 365 questions about your life. And then the last tip is simply this, send video messages to your friends and family. I'm not asking you to post on social media. What I am asking you to do is to make a list of the people you appreciate the most in your life and sending them a little note by video, sharing that appreciation with them. Trust me, it'll make their day. Yeah, I think that's important. And I think communicating is important. I, I believe that the more you do of it, the better you will get at it. It, it's simple. If you, if you expect to only speak once in a lifetime, I don't think you're going to be very good at communicating that. It, it's riding a bicycle. You got to get on that bicycle and ride it. You can't do it by analyzing the bicycle or talking about the bicycle. You got to get on the bicycle and ride it. Right, and reading about bicycles too. <laughs> exactly, reading bicycles or watching videos on that. It just doesn't doesn't cut it. You got to ride the bicycle in order to know what a bicycle does. Absolutely. Cool. Okay, so there's some basics for, for communication. Are there any other things people need to know about communicating? I mean, 
still there, people are going to be looking at you and saying, oh my God, this still seems too hard for me. This still seems like a mountain. I have a speech to give next Wednesday, or I have to communicate to my boss about the, the what are the things you can teach me before then, Brendan, to make it happen? Absolutely, Alan. I would say going back to the question, right? How would your life change if you were an exceptional communicator? Don't sidestep this. Don't just write it down a piece of paper. Reflect on the answer. Because for all of us, the answer is different, Ellen. For some of us, it's about getting a raise at work. For others, it's about getting the next promotion, getting the extra sale. But it could also be having a better relationship with your family. It could also be making the waiter smile at a restaurant when you order food, making them feel like the most special person on earth. It could also be meeting strangers when you travel and you don't know the language, but your verbal communication, your nonverbal cues are so good that for some reason, they still understand you. And I think that's the punchline at the end of the day, Alan, is we need to realize that communication is not just about the speech we have to give next Wednesday. It's not just about the boss that's going to yell at us. It's about leading a fulfilling life. And once we realize that, then we can say, you know what? I'm still scared about Wednesday, but I'm going to figure this out because my life depends on it. I think that's important. You know, one of the things I've realized in life is that when you go out for dinner, the person that gets the least appreciation is the person that's serving you. The person that's actually serving you that dinner is one that gets yelled at by customers, gets chat upon they don't have so one of the best tips you could ever do to them is spend some time and talk to them find out a little bit about them you know find out what their name is find out what they do during their other job because many of them are university students that have aspirations to go on to other things of life Uh, many of them are are ones that have families You know, how many times do you ever think of your server as a person that has a family and what do they do? You know, so maybe spending a couple of minutes in your regular day and just communicating with them and figuring out uh, about them, I I think that would make the world a better place as well. Have you done that as well, Brendan? Oh, 100%. I'm sure you do it much better than I do, Alan. But I think the the perspective I take home is is always this. I don't remember where I got it from, but it always resonated with me is what if the person who cut you off in traffic, what if the person who yelled at you at the restaurant, what if that person that wasn't super nice to you, what if you were the last human being that they ever interact with in their life? What if they get into a car accident 30 minutes later? What if something happens to them? If you knew that you are the last human being to ever interact with them, would you treat them differently? And that's something I always ask myself is whenever someone's mad at me or someone's giving me a a bad day, I always ask myself, what if I was the last human being that they interacted with and then their life was over for some reason? Would I have changed the way that I acted or that I treated that person? And the answer is always yes. That's how I choose to live my life. So the same way, I, I always love treating waiters with respect, you know, always asking for their name, always smiling, saying the food's good, even if it's not good. You know, I've always, I'm always trying to make their day because I know, I know how hard of a job it is. 
and for I also I also don't like when people mistreat waiters. So that's another thing, another story for another day. But yeah, I mean, it, it certainly is something I've seen a lot of in my lifetime, and I've seen a lot of bad things happen in those industries. And I've also seen that these people are ones that deserve the respect so much to make it happen. They really deserve respect, and they deserve the the right of any human being to be treated properly. Absolutely. So let's go back to some more of those communication bases. So we talked about who you should communicate to. We talked a little bit about how you should communicate, mainly with passion, with purpose. I, I mean, if you don't have a passion and purpose, that's important. Now, most people have those things now understood. I guess the next thing is the why of communication. Why is communicating so important? Communication is important because it's every interaction that you have with every human being that you'll meet and interact with for the rest of your life. Everything that you do is communication. Every sale, every interaction, every conversation, every time you open your mouth, it's communication. And all of us do that all the time. And it's not just verbal. It's also the way that we send emails, the way that we talk to people over chat. Every moment of every day is communication. So why is it important? Because our life is hanging in the balance. If we can optimize for the skill, if we can work on the random word exercise, do the question drills, send the video messages, we're not just optimizing for work. We're not just optimizing to make more money. We're optimizing to make the world a better place, to make the people around us feel better about themselves, to create a bit more joy in the people around us. But what I will say, Alan, is that that reason is also unique to us. That's why I encourage all of you who are listening to this to find that reason for you because there's one that's more motivating for you than another. Because some of you might be listening to this and saying, you know what? My life would change if I was a great communicator by making more money. Fair enough. And then for somebody else, like, you know, I always get in fights with my wife. If I was a better communicator, I probably wouldn't have those problems. And then the third person is listening to this and go, you know what? I'd really love to talk to my kids more often. So it's all about thinking through what is that goal for you and then asking yourself, how does communication play into that goal? I think that's important. I, I think the why of communication is what drives the how of communication. If you don't have the why of wanting to communicate better, you're not going to follow the how. I, I mean, sure there is techniques and so on, but you have to be motivated to do that. And this is where the motivation comes from. Absolutely. Completely agreed with you. What are the big mistakes uh, businesses make in communication, Brendan? I would say for business owners, Alan, it's always, it always goes back to this question. Are my communication skills scaling with the business? So as my business scales, are my communication skills scaling with the business? So I would say the biggest issue that I see business owners make is they don't make it a priority. And I'll tell you why. So let's say a business is making 100 grand or so a year, 100,000. A lot of their focus is getting more sales, doing more marketing, delivering, because the entrepreneur is probably doing all of it. They're probably selling, they're probably marketing and delivering the service that they want to deliver. But as the business scales, half a million, quarter of a million, 750, when you get into those levels, you start to delegate the work. You start to go from I'm doing everything to now I have the resources, the capital to now teach other people to do what I used to do so I don't have to do it anymore. But the challenge, Alan, 
the big problem here is are your communication skills sharp enough at that level? Because if they're not sharp at the 750 mark, at the half a million dollar mark, you're going to create a lot of inefficiencies in your business. Why? Because as you're creating standard operating procedures, as you're educating your staff on what to do, you'll realize that your staff is looking at you and going, what are you saying? What do you mean? I don't really understand because your communication isn't crisp enough. So they don't really understand what is what is it that you want like to get the expectation that you're looking for. So you always want to optimize your future self. What is the end goal of the business? Think of that person. How much is that person making per year? What is that person doing? How many employees does that person have? And ask yourself the question that you probably don't. What type of communicator are they? How are they speaking up in a town hall? How many keynotes are they giving every year to talk about their business? And how do I become that person over there today, right now, so I can get to that person much quickly? Much quicker. That's, that's huge. And I, I think that's important. Brendan, the show is called How to Live a Fantastic Life Show. How can you live a fan? How do you live a fantastic life through communication? How do you live a fantastic life that way? Uh, absolutely, Alan. You know, first of all, it's such a pleasure to be on. Thanks for having me. I would say for, for me, Alan, it's three parts to living a fantastic life. For the first part is making a decision to find our gift regardless of what the gift is. I'm sure there's a lot of people listening to this. You might not know your passions. You might not know what your purpose is. But I'd say the first part to living a fantastic life is having the hope that there is one. Having the hope that there is something and we're going to make a decision to find it, even if it takes us 30 years, right? It took Sarah Blakely eight years. It took Colonel Sanders, right? The guy who started KFC for decades, but make the decision to find the gift. That's number one. Number two, of my three-pronged approach to leaving a fantastic life is once you find the gift, the day that you do, cultivate it to the best possible way to lead the best possible life. And in my case, it was communication. For people listening, it might be being a stay-at-home mother or father. It doesn't really matter. Find the gift, cultivate it once you find it. And number three, the most important part of leading a fantastic life, Alan, is create the space for other people to find theirs. Create the space for other people to find their gift. So I'm transitioning to the third part now of my life where I looked for the gift, I'm cultivating it. And now that it's being cultivated, I can now create the space for other people to cultivate theirs. And that's my three-part strategy on how to lead, lead a fantastic that, life. That, that, those are beautiful gifts that you're giving to people today, Brendan. Those are wonderful gifts that you're literally helping people get to another level. Now, is that what you'd recommend for others too? Is that what you'd recommend for others to live a fantastic life? Personally, I do, because at the end of the day, Alan, we could have all the money in the world. We could have all the, the resources, the material success. But at the end of the day, if we don't have a reason for being, if we don't know what our gift is, if we don't know what our contribution is, we lose that sense of purpose. So yes, I would recommend this, but maybe it looks a little bit differently for other people. But I would say that's a good framework to start with for sure. I think that's that's a beautiful framework for people to start with. And I think that's that's a nice way to go. Now, if you met a younger version of yourself on the street, what would you recommend to them? 
<laughs> if I met someone younger than me, I would say something very bizarre, Alan. I would say, be insane or be the same. What does that quote mean? The quote means the following. If you want to be like everyone else, that's totally fine. But if you want to make a difference, you want to do something special with your life, you want to do something important, we need to realize that people who do crazy things are crazy people. Don't you find it odd that I started a YouTube channel at the age of 22? Not on, you know, pranks, not on music, not on skits or comedy, but on executive communication tips. And then I went to coach CEOs of companies who had worked longer in the business that I was alive, yet I still live in my mother's basement. I dance alone in that basement for an hour a day. I karaoke in eight different languages and I'm in the 0.5, not the 5%. I'm in the 0.5% of top listeners on Spotify for Justin Bieber. Don't you find all of this odd? And that, my friend, is the point. When every decision in your life makes sense to the only person that it should, which is you, you're probably making the right decision. So be insane or be the same. That's pretty, pretty significant. Those are another, some other gems of wisdom there. So you're, you're, we're nearing our end here, Brendan. How can people get in touch with you and find out about more about your world? And how can they find out more about your programs? And how can they find out more about you? Yeah, absolutely, Alan. So two easy ways to keep in touch. Number one, Master Talk, the YouTube channel. Just go to Master Talk in one word, and you'll have access to hundreds of free videos on how to communicate ideas effectively. And then the second way is coaching. So for those of you interested in coaching, just go to rockstarcommunicator.com and you can sign up for a free upcoming live interactive Zoom call on communication that I give every few weeks to help the community. So you can just sign up for that, that free training. Fantastic. Thank you so much. And thank you so much for, for sharing with us today. I've really enjoyed this. I knew this would be a special uh, chapter of my show, How to Live a Fantastic Life, but it's exceeded my expectations. I'm glad I was able to do that, Alan. Thanks. Thank you for the great question. Thanks for the great conversation as well. Ladies and gentlemen, if I can serve you further, please check me out. My name is Dr. Alan Leica. That's D-R-A-L-L-E-N, Leica, L-Y-C-K-A.com. Please check out my channel. Uh, my website because I can help you there. I also offer coaching for people, individuals and groups. Please check me out. I'm sure I can make your day better as well. Bye for now. You've been listening to How to Live a Fantastic Life. Be sure and pick up a copy of Dr. Leica's book, The Secrets to Living a Fantastic Life on Amazon.com. And you'll want to subscribe right here on this page so you don't miss a single episode. Have a fantastic day. Fantastic day.